will stand firm, will be saved. You see that? So, he is now talking about persecution will be there. So he's talking about staging a resistance. And the fourth thing you hear him talk about there, he's saying, because of that persecution, there will be need to stand firm. And then we went to the definition. The definition of apostasy. And in defining apostasy, we found that uh, the definition of apostasy is what really brings home the point on this cancer. How virulent it is. How aggressive it is. How detrimental. How dangerous it is. I say, in defining apostasy, then you understood how deadly this thing is. Because some of the things brought up there, some of the issues, the case that was presented when you define apostasy, the case that is now is presented out of just the definition alone, is what makes you understand, wow, how grievous. Because he says, defiance against the established authority of God. Meaning you're just saying, this is the authority of the Lord, I watch a stack, I don't want I defy and leave this one. Huh? So we saw those things. Rebellion. We saw uprising. Abandonment. Disobedience. We saw breach. Insubordination. Insurrection, which is actually uprising. You know? We saw revolt. We saw defection. We saw give up. When you defect, politically when you defect, that's why if you look at all the Greek definition really of apostasia, apostasy, they really also championed that defection quite a bit. And they mentioned a bit of political, as in political. They say, as in political defection. So, in the political landscape, when one defects from a political party, it is normally so acrimonious, so grievous, so contentious, it is a big fight. It's normally a very contestable situation. There is only so much negative energy and anger and whatever. Why? Because a defector is always equated to a mole. <laughs> you have been mauling here You have been a mole here Meaning you belong to another camp And you have been spying here And that's why in defining apostasy When I read John chapter 6 Verses 66 to 67 He says will you also walk away from me said, Meaning and Then at one point he says To begin with they were not part of us They have been mauled so when you look at these, these types of definitions, then you really understand that surely, 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 apostasy is a thing to combat in the church. To relinquish resistance, renunciation, to give up the gospel, renounce the gospel, renounce the cross, to relinquish the cross, to leave the cross, to reject the cross, to forego, to disown the cross, to discard the cross, to desert the cross, eh? to shun the cross, to revoke the cross from any of your personal operations or life. Yeah? To dismiss the cross, to nullify the cross, to contravert the cross. That is apostasy. Still, in this very theme of apostasy in the church. Now, I start here, my opening statement is not any different from what you know. It's biblical apostasy refers to rebellion, which we know already, or abandonment of faith in God by those who were once enlightened. Number two, essentially rebellion against God. And so, if you wanted to know the topic, the main topic of this discussion today, it would be 
punishment on apostasy or God's judgment on apostasy. So the opening statement there would become, like I've already told you, it's rebellion against God. So you, you know definitely it's going to attract some kind of verdict or judgment or wrath. So, because now if it's rebellion, then he says, in the Bible, biblical, in the Bible, apostasy was considered a capital offense. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And hence the judgment that was handed down upon an apostate person was of equal measure. Hallelujah. So I want to look at the judgment on apostasy and how the Lord looks at apostasy. Because I think if I would bring out the judgment that the Lord levies, assigns the apostates, you know, the apostate church, apostasy, then it will help me make some mileage again in just further underscoring to you how deadly this event is in church and why, why, why it really needs to be combated, to be fought. I'm saying, if I'll be able to open up, illustrate to you, and unveil to you the judgment that the Lord levies on apostasy, then I think it will help me, like, like the definition, right? It will go a long way to help me to re-emphasize to you that, wow, this thing is grievous, this is serious, I need to, this, this must stop now. This now can never happen in church, right? So, so you see, that's why these things come up, this uh, level of uh, giving this kind of information eh, in the judgment. So the first judgment I'm going to talk about, of course the Bible, how the Bible looks at apostasy. Now, let us, number A, the Garden of Eden. At the Garden of Eden, God's original blueprint for the church was revealed. Hallelujah. At the Garden of Eden, God's original blueprint for the church was revealed. That's point number one under this Garden of Eden. And never did the Lord ever factor in the fact that Adam and Eve would one day openly fall away from true faith. Upon their fall, the Lord then allocated a verdict of judgment that was commensurate with the weight of the offense. You see that? The weight, commensurate, equal measure, equal rather, to the offense. The book of Genesis, the book of Genesis chapter 3 verses 22 to 24. Because he's saying that look, it was well. It was, it was not supposed to be for punishing or whatever. The creation, no? To be punished. And then now he says, but when there was that fall, then there is now this. That's why you see in the beginning he said rebellion against God. That's why I brought in that definition. So when you, you rebel against the Lord, you only expect to do it, to attract wrath, judgment. So now, 
now we go into the consequence of that fall. So there's a chronology there. So Genesis chapter 3 verses 22-24. You pull out the fact that there was a fall. So, man took another route, another road. You understand? So, so you see that. The next thing you pull out is this, that there are consequences to sin, to that fall. Consequences to apostasy, essentially, that's what we're dealing with today. That apostasy has consequences. And as you are pulling out that very important aspect of this, uh, this segment here, that apostasy has consequences, the third thing you, you see is this, that now, let us banish him. Let us cast him away from this garden. And since you are the preachers of the word, the teachers really, I want to say teachers of the word, you can't leave the church like that. Once you've already said that the Lord said, let us cast them, cast him away, throw them out of the garden, then you want to, the first thing you want to address the church to is the, is the question, throwing them out of this garden. Then what was the garden? What is this garden that they were being thrown out from as a consequence? Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, the garden, the garden of Eden, if you go to, to Spanish, if you go to Swahili, you go also to Hebrew, Arabic, what many languages call, until today, if you read their text, that garden, they call it Paradiso, Paradise. That you may understand the gravity of the judgment that was being levied. That was being passed. You understand? You have to understand the sanction. Because he's saying that uh, because man has fallen away from true faith, then now, let us throw him out. Let us cast him out of the garden of Eden. But you won't know the gravity of the judgment, the weight of the judgment, until you understand the privileges that he has now to forego for that sin. So now we are beginning to understand right from the beginning, what was God's judgment? What judgment did the Lord apportion? Apostasy. Hallelujah. Amen. And right away we are seeing that apostasy from the beginning, from creation, in the Garden of Eden, attracted the judgment of being cast out, thrown out of the Garden. The Garden of Eden. But now, we will not understand much of what that means, except now we understand that that Garden was actually paradise. Paradiso. And paradise, look at this now. You can now go to the dictionary and say, but how does the dictionary define paradiso, paradise? And then you will hear the following. You will hear a state of bliss, the highest state of blessedness, a state of peace, the highest state of tranquility. You will hear things like uh, where the tree of life is, <laughs> where there is no dying. Where there is no disease. So you, there are many things as a preacher you can pull out. Did you hear that? He says, heaven. So if I were you and I'm making my notes. Look, look. Garden of Eden. When he says, point number one. Cast away. That Genesis 3, 24. Then under it, A. There are many things there. Cast 
cast away from paradise. But listen to this. That cast away from paradise has the following. Now, paradise. Paradise. We are now beginning to understand that uh, in that arrangement, if the first place to go to, the first place where judgment was levied, the first place here, here, you see that? You, you know, I've deliberately left out the events of heaven, right? Deliberately. I'm going to come to them at the end. But listen, because of the church, church, you know, here. It says, it says, the first thing that you see there is that there is the falling away from faith by Adam and Eve. So that's the top. The topic is your Genesis 1 on the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden now has Genesis. So the falling away. When the falling away, man now thrown out of paradise, the Garden of Eden. And then now you are defining the Garden of Eden. That's now number three. And under that subtopic, when you are thrown away from paradise as number three, look at that now. Paradise, cast from paradise, ejected from paradise, thrown away. Let's say that's your number three. Then look, if your point of judgment number one is the Garden of Eden, see you? Under it there is A, B, C. Apostasy, B, thrown out from the Garden of Eden, then C becomes paradise. Now look at that. You right away begin to understand the price of apostasy. You right away begin to understand the judgment on apostasy. That's the first thing you can say there. Because it's now telling us that when they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden, they were essentially thrown out of paradise, paradiso. But now, my dictionary is telling me, <laughs> if you did not know, actually they were essentially thrown out of heaven. When I see the definitions here, they seem to me like they are defining heaven. I was coming to that, but later, because actually you begin to understand that paradise, owing to this apostasy, was moved to, that's why we always say we are going to paradise. Oh, my mom went, she's in paradise now. That kind of talk, they talk it. Paradise is heaven. So now that will make you understand the gravity of apostasy. <laughs> and the consequences thereof. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. It is not a joke. So now, we are dealing with the Garden of Eden. So, now look at this. That statement is loaded. Why? Because you find that when he's saying, Genesis 3, 24, that he is throwing them out of the Garden of Eden. But there are things he mentions there. He says that they may not now ever access the tree of life again in his lips. Is that what he said there? Yes. So you begin to understand again that in paradise, at the Garden of Eden, there was the tree of life. You understand? And then, if I were you, I would want to know, what are the privileges of being around the tree of life or having access to it? So I may understand really this sanction, what it does, how grave it is, this penalty. Then you will understand that the tree of life is the one whose leaves when you pluck and eat, you live forever. So all those things you can find, tree of life. So if he's saying that he's throwing them away from the garden, never ever to come any closer the tree of life, or gain access to the tree and its leaves. Then he's saying the tree is what? Hey! So you understood where he was throwing them from. So you understand what apostasy does to the church. Did you understand me properly now? 
Now you understand the penalty, the penalty that the Lord assigned apostasy. And based on the penalty, then you'll understand, hey, this person must have committed a very grievous crime, a grievous offense, a grievous sin. Based on the way the penalty is so big, even in the courts, our courts here of law, when the penalty is big, you don't have to know what he did. You just hey, that person must have committed something really, really capital. Hallelujah. Amen. This thing they're fooling around with in churches here. This thing makes you forego yes. eternal life. Yes. Hey, And then, if you read further on, he's saying, he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and eat. So you understand, if you wanted to understand the penalty that the Lord lays down on the table, before he hits the hammer. Huh? That penalty is he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and touch the tree of life and eat from it. You understand? And eating from the tree of life, what does it do to people, to men? Give them eternal life, make them live eternally. Meaning, he must not now be allowed to inherit eternity. He must never be allowed to see it. I did you understand now where death came from? So he must be cut out, cut off from eternal life. I have you seen those little sections, segments of the verdict? Oh yes. If you want to take lesson, let me take the verdict and read it. Those are the pieces now you read that were written down by the justice of heaven. Those are now the pieces that the chief justice wrote. When he said, must not be allowed to do this, must not be allowed, must be cast off, must not be allowed. Those are the emphasis now. When you are now reading to your clients in charge, tell them, ah, let's look at the verdict he has written and know how we can handle this, what we can do. Eh? Yeah, I cannot say anything until I read the verdict. So you understand? <laughs> it is very serious. It is not the joke you see they are playing around with. No. Essentially, if you follow him very carefully, he's talking about cutting them off from eternal life. In fact, he even mentions it there, that he must not be allowed to live eternally. Huh? Hey! Then, right from stage one, day one, the word go, you understand that apostasy is really grievous before the Lord, right? It's a no-go zone. That is kudibitisha, to ascertain that they don't go back to the garden. Huh? To make sure never access eternal life. Huh? And meaning, now living where eternal life is, the presence of God himself. Because remember, you write this. The Ark of the Covenant was in, uh, was in the garden. Write that. Because when you hear the two cherubi of glory, the two cherubi are always on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant. That means the throne of God was there. The Ark of the Covenant is the throne of God. That means now, if I were you as a preacher, I would have some statement in the brackets where I'm now saying Ark of the Covenant and number two, throne of God. So I go and look for the scripture that says he is enthroned between the two cherubim. And I read that to the church. To prove to them that, wow, the presence of these two cherubim here meant that the throne was here. 
And then I go also to Genesis 3, 8, which says, and when he was walking in the cool of the day, they had him. Meaning, he used to walk with God. They used to walk with God. They were in God's presence. So, apostasy essentially casts you away from God's presence. The judgment is to throw you out of the presence of God. To kick you out. <laughs> we have not even gone. You know this is just introduction. We have not even gone into the deep of the deeps on judgment. But right from the introduction, when you look at what God is pronouncing on apostasy, on anybody that falls away, then you're like, that is the purpose. That's why the man of God is bringing it with consequence to you. That you may say, hey, 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 you don't give Sasa stack kabisa. Hata hii mambo simu hiyo, husiana alikuwa anatuma hii staki. Sasa hapana, huyo mko anaenda lunch na wengine hata don't want that. You know, so you know that is the purpose that you may be revealed to what the devil is trying to hide from the church that she may trivialize apostasy. Wewe, that's why I said this was important for apostasy to be complete. So I've already introduced in the same judgment that was levied, that was being handed down in Genesis 3, okay? On apostasy, right from the word go creation time. I've added there Genesis 3, 8. I've added there a scripture, which is Psalm something. Is this Psalm 68 or whatever? Which Psalm? There's a Psalm that says that he's enthroned between the two cherubim. And that makes you wonder where the Ark of the Covenant is right now. That makes you wonder where the Ark of the New Covenant is right now. You understand? So these are things that should you need to challenge, need to use to challenge your mind here and there. Because if his glory has come, because what happens essentially is that uh, the two Caribbean decide let the glory come, that the cloud, and sits on it. But if the cloud is here, what does that mean? You understand? Yeah, so, so you need to be wise enough, deep enough, to begin uh, understanding. I know that there's a limit to what we can understand. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.